Hello and welcome to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast with myself, Joe Oberly from VikingsTerritory.com and uh, PurplePTSD.com and Mark Craig, uh, NFL writer, NFL insider, Viking writer from the Star Tribune and StarTribune.com. I'm looking out at this snowscape that we live in and I think we're just going to blow off spring this year and just head right into summer. So the hell with the draft, just go right to... Uh, OTAs and and we'll go from there. What do you think, Mark? You know, sound like a good plan. OTAs. Let's, let's just go to training camp. Training camp. There we go. Just blow past all that other stuff. Let's just tee it up and start playing because the Vikings are ready. No, they're not. But according to uh, Mark Wilf and KLC, who went down to the uh, uh, owners' meetings or winter NFL winter meetings uh, last week. Mark Wolf said that he wants the Vikings to be super competitive. Super competitive. Last year was a competitive rebuild. Now we're going to be super competitive. Well, no, actually, actually, he was he wanted to be super competitive last year. Did he? Uh, so, so my question was, you know, like Glenn Mason used to always say, you're either getting better or you're getting worse. You're never the same. So wouldn't you want to be super duper competitive this year? I think <laughs> I think that you know you got to be reaching a little higher than super competitive. But no, I think that's their, that's his, you know, that's going to be, I think that might be uh, on if they sell the Vikings or if they move on or whatever, uh, it, it, that's going to be part of what Mark Wilf um, says. And, and in his defense, he said it last year at a time when we were all thinking, some people were thinking, okay, it's either a teardown like the Bears did or it's can be competitive. And some doubted that he, they could do that. And they actually were super competitive until the very end. Um, but, but yeah, to me, it's, it's that his way of saying, okay, you know, I know we had to get rid of guys that are going to be in the two guys, at least they're going to be in the ring of honor one day, but the expectations are the same, you know, it's, it's not a step back. So you made the uh, point to me that it's, it's, you know, maybe they should be because the KOC and crazy finally have a roster. That's not necessarily theirs that they're, I mean, or, or, or someone else's, it's not necessarily someone else's. They're starting to fashion it their own way after a, a season under the belts and uh, heading into their second one, you think? Well, yeah. I mean, that was, uh, that was mostly, you know, Spielman's roster, Zimmer's roster uh, in the Vikings defense. You know, they're when they decided to run it back, they wanted to run it back with a coach that they felt could get more out of Kirk and could get more, you know, now, granted they were probably were healthier than what Zimmer experienced, but, um, they did that. They, you know, they got more out of Kirk. They got, uh, they got a, a season out of Kirk that, uh, you know, it, it was somewhere above 500, you know, comfortably above 500, which Kirk's never had. So 13 wins uh, with a 31 first ranked defense. That's not bad. Yeah. So, you know, to me, it's, that's, that's what they, you know, here, here, here's the next stage. Here's the next phase. Uh, Cause you know, pretty, pretty soon now, not only does it, you know, the free agents that they pick up this year, the, uh, you know, the, the edge rusher that they got and the Murphy corner and, and the draft picks that they get this year. Now these, these guys that they picked last year got to step up. I mean, yeah. we can't have a second year of Lewis scene, not doing anything. And, and Andrew Booth, not doing anything. And, and uh, you know, Ev, Evans who started to do something, but then got you know, concussion. So it's, this is, you know, more and more of their roster, uh, whereas like the Bears last year, except for the quarterback, which is very important, uh, you know, it was a teardown and total rebuild. And now it's going to be fun to see how 
these two franchises, you know, work their way through the second, third years of the, these GMs. You know, I, I, we've kind of touched on this in the past pods, but uh, there's part of me that would just love to have the Vikings, you know, not, you know, and I hate to go through that season where they tear it down, but, you know, if you can end up with the first overall draft pick like the Bears got and you can rebuild about some, around something like that and you get all these draft picks because you, you foisted off this guy and that guy and, and uh, you really have a chance in, in a very short time to totally rebuild and totally start over. I, I would love to have that where, you know, there's some blue chipper at the top of the draft that they could get at quarterback and just, but you know, it's never been that way in Minnesota, at least in, in my memory. And I've got a long one with this team and um, I would uh, not sure I would love it during the season. Cause I hate seeing all the losses. I did suffer through the, the uh, season of with, uh, What's the heck his name? Iron Man. He did the Iron Man thing down in Mankato in between Bud Grant and Bud Grant. What was his oh, yeah. uh, Les Steckle. Yeah. That's the guy. Yeah. I did suffer through that three and whatever, three and three and 13 or something that season. But uh, um, yeah, I guess, you know, it, it'll be interesting to compare the way Kwesi and KOC have, have done it as opposed to the way they're doing it down in Chicago. If you watch both teams and see how they ascend, you know, there's, uh, you know, it might, you know, say which way is better. I don't know if we can figure. Well, out. if there, you know, there's no guarantees. I mean, uh, the, I guess the ultimate way to do it is like Indianapolis did it with Peyton. You had Peyton Manning, one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, plays up to a certain point, breaks his neck, and is out for a year. They they go three and thirteen or whatever. They get the first pick in the draft. It's Andrew Luck, uh, who was uh, on his way. You know, Andrew Luck was a was worthy of the number one pick. He yeah. just reached a point in his career where football wasn't important to him. And that was premature. I mean, uh, most guys in Andrew Luck's situation would have been, might still be playing, you know, right. so, but he decided to retire early, uh, you know, like Jimmy Johnson, whenever he was, you know, stealing, you know, the robbing the Vikings blind of, of picks and stuff for the Herschel Walker trade. Uh, he was committed to, you know, let's get bottom it out. And then rebuild, and, and that was an automatic, you know, uh, turnaround after one horrible year. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, if you had a guarantee, like if the Bears now are going to win the Super Bowl in right. two years, then yeah, let's do it that way. Well, you still got to do it. You still, uh, you, you know, I, I will never fault the team. Just like in 2020, when Zimmer was, uh, they were one in five or whatever it was, and he decided, you know, that's when they really turned to Dalvin Cook to help turn the season around and. You know, and they did, and they were within a game of, of making the playoffs. I mean, that was – I'll take that any day over just giving up. I just wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's interesting to watch. Um, uh, you know, you talk about – you still have to make the right picks. If you blow it up, you still got to make the right picks, the right decisions, get rid of the right guys, make the right call. So it's there are no guarantees. And speaking of no guarantees, one of the things that KOC said at – at the uh, winter meetings was that the Vikings need more cornerbacks. You know, it's, I, and I wanted to say to Mark, is, is Zimmer back? Isn't that a, isn't that a tried and true Zimmer quote? And uh, you know, there have been a lot of changes in cornerbacks. Well, they brought in Brian Murphy, as you mentioned, they also, uh, uh, they lost Patrick Peterson and, and, and uh, Duke Shelley Um they're uh, they got one cornerback coming off, two cornerbacks coming off injury. So 
there is a, a lot of flux in that position, but uh, do you see uh, therefore then uh, them going in free agency or getting one or waiting for the draft? I, I know that you, you've, you uh, compiled a list of cornerbacks that are still out there. Is there anything there worth grabbing for this squad? Well, you know, and also you got, we can't overlook the fact that uh, Chandon Sullivan, the guy that was playing nickelback the entire year for him, uh, not extremely well because he's, he's still a free agent. The Vikings have no interest in bringing him back guy that can play inside. So it doesn't take Mike Zimmer's expertise or his eye to realize that that's a position that's still a major need. So as O'Connell mentioned at the owners meetings, not only could it be in the draft, but free agency as well. Uh, so there might, you might still see him pick up a guy and then also spend the first pick in the draft or, their first pick uh, on a corner. But, you know, at this point, obviously, most that's left is our 30 year old, 30 and over. Uh, you know, Marcus Peters is out there. He's 30. Um, you know, Byron Jones is 30. Um, uh, Bradley Roby, Ronnie Darby, those guys in their 30s. Uh, another guy, that, you know, basically was a special teamer for the Viking, Vikings. I'm surprised. He must be wanting more money than. Uh, he, he, he must be really holding firm to, to a, a contract that doesn't fit his experience. But Chris Boyd is a guy, yeah. really, really very good special teamer. I always thought he had some promise as a corner. I uh, started four games back when Zimmer was losing corners left and right. Um, he's played 50 some games. You know, I think he would still be coming back onto the roster. I, I don't know uh, if that's going to happen or not. Uh, but, uh, you know, the guys like uh, Shaquille Griffin, is 27 uh, with the Jaguars. He, you know, he's got 72 starts in his career now. Granted, he hurt his back, only played five games last year, so there could be some injury problems there. But he's one of the guys that you know that jumps out at, that's on 30. That you know, it's, it's, there's, there's experience there. I don't know if uh, how much money he would cost, but if he's coming off injury, that's again, it, the Vikings find themselves like with Murphy as well as a lot of other guys. You know, they're they have when when your cap is like this, you're taking risks on guys that have you know, injury problems, and uh, they got to prove themselves, reprove themselves. So those are some names out there that uh, I just feel like you know they've got to they've got to add some people, and I, I would not be surprised if it is a if it's free agency and in the draft. Uh- does does sounds like to me a lot of those free agencies have all crossed the Mendoza line? They, isn't it uh, 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 conventional wisdom about cornerbacks that once you hit past your peak a little bit, you hit the thirties, you're going to start slowing down. You lose a step, and you better be as smart and wily as Patrick Peterson to keep playing at, at that position in this league. Well, yeah, no, certainly. I mean, Patrick Peterson can probably pull it off another year. I think he signed two years in Pittsburgh, maybe two years. I, I don't know, depending on what they ask of him, but um, you know, the more and more that they talked about, they didn't feel that he fit Flores style. You know, you got to add another year onto him. So uh, you got to project not only what they did last year, but also, you know, they don't go on forever staying the same either. uh, So it it was time to move on from him in their eyes. And I can't fault them for that. I'd rather, you know, see them, go younger than and say, Oh, Patrick Peters can do this again. And then have him just, you know, not be reliable. So, uh, but, but they still got it. They got to get some body. They got to get some guys in here. Well, the owners uh, all got together and the coaches and what have you. And they, they uh, 
many of us, at least I was, uh, looking for them to do some make some rule changes this year. They didn't do a whole heck of a lot at this point. They have, uh, they know they have the uh, spring meetings coming up in Minneapolis. Uh, they did they did that smart. They did the winter meetings down south and they have spring meetings here. That was a good move. Although we might not get spring this year, as we were saying earlier, but. I just let me tick down a few of these and see what you think. You know, uh, the owners didn't uh, didn't even talk about the neutral sites for conference titles games, and and uh, you know that came about last year because the 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 I can't remember the guy's name uh, Hamlin who got hurt in the Buffalo Cincinnati game, and so they canceled that game, and then they never got to replay it. So they made this thing where that if it was a have a neutral site if, if if such and such happens. So that's where that idea came out of. People talked about that. But I think we're happy that uh, they didn't uh, talk about that and consider making that a permanent change. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that to me, you know, when that, when that happened, you could almost see the dollar signs, you know, forming in the owner's eyes or, or in the NFL's eyes of like, okay, we can, if we can, if we can pitch this as like this, you know, too many, you have a, the Super Bowl and then two mini Super Bowls where, you know, people have to bid, to, you know, to, to host it. And then you just, you know, make it just corporate as opposed to the fan, you know, the real fans being there. Uh, and Mark, according to Mark Wilf, it wasn't even discussed. So I like that. I, you know, I, I just feel like, you know, these owners should reward, you know, heck if I'm so old that I wouldn't mind seeing them just play. If, if the, if the Super Bowl, if the Packers, we're playing in the Super Bowl, and they had the better record. Play it in Green Bay. Play it in Cleveland. What you know? Play it here. You know, but that's never going to happen. Um, but yeah, if you, it just this to me is like if you if you did that, it would be all the corporate NFL suits would be in Atlanta, or they would all yeah. be in Vegas, or they would all be in LA. You know, it's just uh, that you know, Super Bowl's fine, but keep the championship game where the the fans. I mean, if the Vikings went go to the NFC championship game and they're the host team and they, they should be in Minneapolis. It shouldn't be in uh, Indianapolis or whoever bid highest for that right to do it. That's ridiculous. Would have liked to see in the 2009 uh, championship game in a neutral site, get the heck out of the Superdome and the Vikings would have won Ex that one. Exactly. I mean, that's, you know, <laughs> that they, you know, they earned that, that right to that, that was, you can say what you want about Seattle and all the, you know, you can't convince me that Seattle was ever louder than the noise I've heard in the, in the, in the Superdome. Right. A um, couple of changes I talked about, we talked about last week. I'd like to have seen the, 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 as I saw, I was watching a, a podcast between Marvin Lewis and Mike Zimmer this week. And they were talking about the tush push where, where all the teams line up behind the, the running back and try to push them across the line again. I wanted to see that eliminated and uh, that didn't happen. Uh, did you say that uh, they're still uh, it, it isn't gone, and they could see change? I think they, I think they tabled that. I, I'm, I did not see that po or hear or see that podcast. I, I'm guessing Zim came down on the side of the defense. Well, yeah, he did. He, he talked about it. You know, he they made the point of, uh, you know, they made a change for. Uh, in special teams where you couldn't jump up and go over the guys, you know, jump over the guys for player safety. And he goes, and then they aren't going to change this. 
which is a really a, there's a player safety issue here. You got all these guys pushing against the defensive line. You know, it, it gives them an advantage to them, and people are going to get hurt. And that's what that's what kind of he was saying. But well, he was, he was chuckling about the whole thing. To be yeah, honest. I mean, what? Uh, uh, and and frankly, you know, I think Marvin and Zim probably a little more brain power uh, football wise than what we got going. But uh, I don't know. Uh, well, maybe what we'll that speak for yourself. <laughs> yeah, I am speaking for myself. Uh, but what's what's going to happen? You know, hope, I don't like the I don't like it because you know I have my doubts that it'll be changed because the NFL it's another way of getting a first down, keeping the quarterback on the field. But what's going to happen is you know you're going to have a, you're going to line up a defensive tackle at fullback and he's going to run full bore into the quarterback's small of his back. There's going to be a linebacker that pops the quarterback in the head, right? And snap him back and then he's hurt. So yeah, it, I that I totally agree with him on it. Yeah, you know, player safety, that could be a player safety thing. When you've got that much force being shoved against a guy who's going to be smaller than whoever's shoving and whoever's stopping. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's get rid of it. Did you, uh, did they talk at all about uh, challenging pass interference or roughing the passer uh, penalties? No, I, I mean, the, the challenging pass interference, they, they tried that. That was a monumental disaster in yeah. 2019, 2000, whatever that was. I mean, we all thought when they when they passed this, oh, every every play was going to be like uh, the the one that created the whole problem in New Orleans, where it was a complete obvious mistake. Well, you know, there's so many shades of gray in the NFL and officiating and everything that it just became a disaster. And they were overcalling it, and then they were ignoring it, and then they were just uh, it just got to be you know disaster back and forth that entire season. So I don't think you're going to see that. Uh, rough, you know, Belichick has said over and over and over again, everything should be reviewable. It should be able to, if it's a penalty or it's, you know, uh, spot of the ball, everything should just be, if you, if you have two challenges, why not make it everything? You know, so maybe that's the way to go. Yeah. You, you made mention to me that the owners okayed the use of the number zero and what great news this was. Now that's monumental. It's, it's great. That's, uh, that's huge. Uh, I don't know. I mean, who, who on the Vikings would maybe Kirk could wear zero. <laughs> Kirk could wait, could wear like zero hyphen zero. It'd be, it'd be a 500. Quarterback. He could, he could wear zero Coke. Cause that's what he reminds me of. Well, one of my, you know, my, my favorite number of all time would be uh, Jim Otto is the double zero, you know, right. When we were growing up, uh, I remember I can still see him, you know, backpedaling and looking and having that, that zero, zero. You know. I remember so, yeah, seeing was, just scratching my head. I just go, why, why would you pick that number? You know, as a kid, you know, just watching that, watching that. Or like that. the Stooges on uh three little pigskins. That episode is one of my favorite episodes <laughs> of the three Stooges. Like H2O and uh, like a question. I think Curly was a question mark. Yes. Yeah, let's do that. My favorite one was when they were uh, trying to impersonate media people and they went into the bathroom and got a uh, pulled out a faucet that uh, said press on it for a button that had press. You know, and they, so they were part there you of go. Oh, that was classic. The Stooges, nothing like it. And now we people are going, who, who are the Stooges? What are you talking yes. about? Yes. We've reached a new uh, a low watermark or something for uh, considered a high watermark that we've talked about the Stooges. Um, you did say that uh, uh, the owners said Booth Review can initiate a review on a goal line play in which the offense is called short. I think that's great as well. You know, I, I, I've 
I've been in frustrated by the fact that, you know, it's something's, you know, they call it not a touchdown and it's not going to be reviewed because they it didn't get across the goal line. It doesn't make any sense when it could have, you know, could have gone, or you, you have to challenge it yourself. So you think that's a good move? I think it's a good move because if, if it goes over the goal line and they rule it a touchdown, it's automatic review. No right. one has to spend a, no one has to spend a, you know, throw a red flag or anything like that. And also human nature would tell you that the referee when in doubt is going to signal touchdown. And, you know, to me, it's like, call what you see, what you think you see, and then let the people upstairs look. And uh, as long as, you know, it gets to where, um, they can do it quick enough. Uh, what was it? The Vikings game where, yeah, Vikings game uh, where the wasn't reviewed and they came up. Uh, gosh, uh, how quickly the, the memory. Oh faded. yeah. I remember that one. Yeah. Where yep. it, it was not a catch, but the, you know, the, you know, hats off to whoever it was uh, that came up, lined up and then they, they didn't have a chance to review it or they, they didn't do it quickly enough. So you're going to have that now, you know, it's so yeah, to me, it's just call it the way you see it. And then let's, let's have a little more, as you, you know, I don't watch a whole lot of the XFL and stuff like that, but you can see them doing it in real time and talking about it uh, as, a, as a play, as you know, as they're reviewing a play, you can hear them actually talking through it real quickly. And, and I, I like that. I mean, it, you know, the NFL is so guarded and so secretive. I don't ever see them doing anything like that. But adding that element to a telecast, I think, would be fascinating for the NFL. If they could, right. I think they're so afraid of of, uh, you know, being second-guessed or, or just afraid in general, paranoid in general, that they wouldn't do it. But I, I like that feature in the in the XFL or USFL or whatever's going on right now. So much more to protect with that NFL. They've got to protect the, the cash bonus. Uh, speaking of cash money, uh, you're, you're, uh, you're really excited about the – there's no single cut-down day before the 90 to 53 at the, after the last preseason game. That, that's really got you jazzed, right? Yeah, well, you know, that would take away. Remember, Red McCombs would put on the Metrodome scoreboard that this was the most exciting uh, time in sports because you were, you know, 50 or 90 players get cut to 80 to 65 to 53 or whatever. Uh, this makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons because, one, uh, the, the league no longer gets true looks at guys unless it's it's in the actual game. So you don't get a look at a guy in, in training camp, really. You don't get a look at guy – that guys, you know, practice or anything because they just so much restrictions on what they can do. Uh, so you have these preseason games, and now you want to take a look. The guy might not make your roster. You may know for sure he's not going to make your roster, and he's the 90th guy. But why not give him all three games to show himself? Because you may need that guy when he's pumping gas in in November, and you're down to your, you know, you've had six cornerbacks get hurt. And you need that guy. You want to be able to have three games as opposed to one game. And the other reason is, let's face it, that you know we saw it with the Vikings. How many guys didn't play any preseason game? I mean, right. Uh, so you're going to see more and more of that, where that nobody plays in the preseason. Uh, so you, you need someone to fill out those to, to play a game. So until they get rid of the preseason altogether, that and you got. That's gonna hurt. That's gonna hurt your picks then for that uh, survival pool in the first week of the season. You don't. You you want you want to get the guy that's a for sure pick that week because if nobody's playing in the preseason, there's gonna be some rust in that opening. Well, I think we've we're already you know uh, the, the preseason's already it, it's been building toward that, but I I, I don't see any value in the preseason uh, when it comes to like judging whether a team. I mean, 
obviously the there's teams out Kansas City, you know it's gonna be good whether they go on four or whatever. But yeah, you know, if you're if you're basing your your week one decision on what you saw in those preseason games, you're probably gonna gonna lose. Danny Green liked to win them. He liked to win those preseason games. Yeah, I think was, there was a preseason game. He, he beat the Browns in Cleveland. I think it was preseason. In fact, 56 to 3. <laughs> oh it's like, uh, so call off the dogs, Denny. Yeah. I'll have to look that up. I thought, I'm pretty sure that was a preseason game. We'll, we'll uh, call off the dogs for the moment. We'll take a break here on Vikings Territory Breakdown. Come on back with uh, Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown. We got Mark Craig here from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, more uh, more news from the uh, NFL winter meetings. Kevin O'Connell had a, a, an interesting quote about how the Vikings handled the uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, well, they didn't give him an extension, but they did restructure his contract. And he says uh, <clears throat> this would be really cool for him, Kirk, to be in the same system calling the same in formation same plays him and i get him and i got a great rapport so i'm just excited to see him in year two my goal is one of the best seasons kirk cousins has had playing quarterback in the nfl when that happens i think this when that is going to be a good thing for him and the vikings does that sound like koc or what Ra ross has Kirk cousins go yeah it's um you know, uh, Kirk's probably looking at it and thinking, well, I think I'd rather have the $35 million guaranteed for 24 and 25 than the – my goal is for this uh, – for Kirk to have his best year. Uh, I mean, what's crazy when you think about the fact that he has not had a, a signal caller, uh, a guy in his ear, back-to-back years since crazy. 2015, 16. So it's back in Washington when he was starting his run of – or before he was starting his run, I think, of – of, uh, you know, franchise tag, two of those, and then coming to Minnesota. And so, yeah, it, that to me is a, is a, uh, if you were to boil it down, uh, like in, in Zimmer grump speak, it would have been, he's got to prove it, you know, uh, you know, to me, it's like that, my goal is for us to have the best season ever and to him to have the best season ever. And then it'll be good for us. It'll be good for him. That to me is a, you know, and, and I, I'm not, I don't fault it. I think it's, it's a fabulous way of a uh, laying it out there and D doing it in a way where, you know, it's, it's kinder, it's gentler, it makes everybody feel good, uh, which is what I guess players are looking for. But to me, it's, yeah, it's, you know, if they win, if they win the Super Bowl, Kirk's going to get paid a ton of money. Uh, Cause it'd be like, who cares? It'd be like, you know, that's, you know, what does it matter? Yeah. Um, you know, let's try and do it again. And, but uh, I like where they're at with his contract and what they did. And uh, I feel like now they, they really have got to seriously, seriously consider taking a, a quarterback in that first round. Because if you do this and you, and you get to the next year and all you have is Nick Mullins and a seventh round pick, you know, it's just, that's not, that doesn't fit what they're doing now. Yeah. You know, I, I want to go back to that that point you made, you know, the first time since 2015, 16, that Kirk loved the same offensive play caller in back-to-back seasons. I have said that from, for years here in, you know, in, in when I'm one of the things I've always defended uh, when I talk about in defense of Kirk is that he has never had that. And I'm sorry that I think that's really important. I mean, every year he's got to learn a new system. Every year he's got to get, have a new 
build a rapport and a relationship with a new coordinator or a new offensive play caller. It's that, that starts you behind the eight ball a little bit. I, I think it's a credit to Kirk that he has done as well as he had, despite that. I mean, I'm not saying it's the hugest, you know, burden you have obstacle you have to get over, but they talk about an offensive line. It needs continuity to be better, you know, and, and you also need a, a, a rapport between the play caller and, 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 and the signal caller. And, you know, for years there, uh, Kirk didn't have any kind of rapport with Zimmer until, you know, it came out that it wasn't there. And then they had these forced meetings and it's like, you know, despite all that, you got to take tip your hat a little bit to Kurt. Now he has this great year last year where he wins ball games. Didn't have the greatest statistical year, but he won ball games. Now he gets Kevin O'Connell back. Not only the play caller, but the head coach. I would have hated to see them not bring Kirk Cousins back this year just because of that fact and see how that helps him going forward. You know, Kirk is a, like you've called him before, you know, he, he's going to, he's a grinder mentally to what comes down there and tries to figure stuff out, you know, so to his credit, he's done well despite this obstacle, but I think it's big, a little, it, it may not be huge, but it's, it's bigger deal than, than, than we know sitting out here in our, our rooms chatting about it. Oh, I, there's no question. It's, it's a big deal. Um, you know, the, the, it's, not only like people would say, well, I was Zimmer getting rid of coordinators left and right. Well, you know, Pat Shermer did so well with the Vikings and the Vikings did well offensively with a, you know, with a case Keenum having a career year that he got a head coaching job. Uh, Kevin Stefanski did, did pretty darn well with him in 2019. Yep. So well that he got a head coaching job in Cleveland. Right. Now, those are two, you know, those, you know, that's not, and then North Turner yeah. uh, just that got fed up with, you know, North Turner got fed up with uh, just, reached a point in his career where he wasn't going to listen to the head coach and he decided to quit. And you now uh, the, the part where they try to keep continuity was the worst mistake Zimmer made was when he went from Gary Kubiak to Clint, <laughs> Kub to Clint Kubiak, trying to give this, this uh, continuity to, to Kirk. And that just, you know, Clint wasn't ready for the job. And that, that's a, is a huge mistake by Zimmer to do that as opposed to finding someone that maybe you come in and, Sort of like he did in year one with Norv. He came in as a as a defensive guy and picked a, an offensive guy that he could turn to and trust the offense mm -hmm. to. Uh, just like O'Connell, you know, O'Connell came in and he, uh, you know, he he was, you know, he he talked about being the overall guy, obviously, but he picked a defensive guy that he wanted to turn the defense over to, and it wasn't long before he realized that he picked the wrong guy and that he had to have his attention more on like, hey, Ed we got to like try and you can't just sit back. You got to try and, you know, you got to manufacture some pressure if you don't have it. Uh, so he made that, he made that change pretty quickly. So yeah, uh, to me, the worst, when they tried to keep the continuity was probably the worst, uh, the worst coordinator that, that Kirk had was, was having Clint Kubiak trying to find his way as a year oh, one guy. That's not quite consistency. That that's a different guy making those calls, you know? But yeah. But I'm saying, but, but it was basically, it was the, the reason to get, Clint was to have okay, he's gonna kind of he's gonna keep obviously he's gonna keep Gary's system. Right. I'm sure he talked to Gary during the year. Uh, you know, that was kind of the way to try and do that. And it was it was a disaster. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a it's a big, big deal for uh and I, I you know, for him to have O'Connell, have the head coach be the, <clears throat> in this situation with Kirk, uh, especially with Kirk, 
handling him because, you know, Zimmer, it's, it's no secret. Zimmer didn't believe in him and certainly didn't believe in him to the extent that, that O'Connell probably believes in him. Uh, now, granted, you know, there's still, there's still some analytics behind this belief in Kirk and, and like, Hey, you know, we have to like protect ourselves long-term. We can't just say we love Kirk. Here's a guaranteed contract through 2030. We love you, buddy. Go get them. You know, they're protecting themselves a little bit, which they should do. I read somewhere this week that uh, something that Kevin O'Connell prizes most in in a quarterback and looking at a new one is is accuracy and the ability ability to read down. I mean, to read defenses and stuff. Um, you know, I, I think that that kind of describes Kirk. Kirk's very accurate, and he he's he's a good he's a pretty cerebral quarterback. He might not. You know, with his offensive lines in front of him, he's probably not been the, uh, you know, he's not always made the best decisions, but he, you know, that some of that's byproduct of, of being, you know, fearing for your life. But, uh, you know, I, I, I think, you know, it, it's a, it's a good thing for him to, to keep, keep Kirk around, uh, uh, and give him a second year. You know, if, if there's anything I want consistency wise in the next years going forward is, Brian Flory sticking around. I mean, if you're going to rebuild this defense I and mean, you rebuild it in his vision, gosh, I hope he's not one and done. I really do. You know, he's bringing in other guys that he knows, so maybe that he can hand it off at some point because he'll get head coaching jobs if they're a success on defense. But I, I sure hope he sticks around for a couple of years for that consistency sake. Yeah, I mean, uh, if he sticks around, I mean, it's, it's not out of the question that they have a great year defensively that he would stick around. But, you know, if his if the defense takes off, um, you know he, he's going to be a head coach sooner than later. Yeah. I think you know, uh, but you know, the, as far as the trait on quarterbacks, to me, it's uh, it's two things: it's processing information quickly and the confidence in what you see. And Kirk has great accuracy. Kirk can read defenses. Where Kirk probably runs into problems is, and I think O'Connell kind of helped him a little bit with that last year. Where Kirk runs into problems, when Kirk becomes the guy that we say, oh, that's Kirk, is I think when he over-processes and there's that split second that it's he's taking too long. Uh, sometimes that it means he's trapped in the pocket. Sometimes that means uh, he doesn't give a, give the receiver enough, you know, uh, of a chance to catch the ball. Well, we started seeing that between O'Connell and Jefferson, that and it, and it resulted in a few more interceptions than we're used to seeing with Kirk. But I think he played the position – better last year than he did before. Uh, I would agree with that. It's a good assessment of him. Speaking of that, we were going to talk about this last week, but never got to it. So, you know, now that we have that uh, one quarterback who will remain nameless in this section, in this segment, uh, potentially moving on to the Jets and out of the NFC, um, and you got Brady retiring, um, where where would you rank Kirk among NFC quarterbacks? And we're not going to bring in the AFC because they're, they're loaded over there with, <laughs> with uh, you know, uh, Mahomes and Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and, you know, what what have you. And Aaron Rodgers, soon to be – oh, I, I can't say his name. <laughs> That's right. Um, so so where where would you uh where where would you rank him, Mark? You know, I mean, you know, he's he's got he's got to be moving up fast, you know, uh, in the NFC anyway. Um, uh, with what with what remains there. 
Well, he moves up two spots, I would think, for sure, with uh, Brady retiring, we think. Uh, maybe Brady goes to the AFC, back to the AFC in Miami. Uh, who knows? But, um, you know, with Rodgers being you know, expected to be gone and Brady gone, uh, I mean, if you look at the NFC South, they, they play the NFC South this year. They could end up playing uh, Andy Dalton or the number one overall pick, either one. Yeah, yeah. Although they seem to play Andy Dalton with a new team every other year. <laughs> or every year and it, it gives them a heck of a game uh you know Derek Carr who uh, uh or Derek Carr does not excite me uh Baker Mayfield or uh, and Desmond Ritter or uh or Heineke in Atlanta so that's an entire division I think about that I think about what that division was not long ago with right Bree Breeze and, and all those guys um so Breeze, Brady and and what I look at uh, I look at um yeah, you know, Jalen Hurts. I guess I would I would crown him the the best quarterback in the NFC. Uh, but how long can he be the guy that runs as much as he does, and uh, and how long can he play the way he plays? But so right now, I would say this is everything is based on right now. Because uh, you know, if if I were to say you know start a team, give me Kirk Cousins or Justin Fields, I might say I want to build around Justin Fields. Right now, Kirk Cousins. So uh, long story short. I would say right now he's the second. I'd put him number two in the NFC behind Jalen Hurts. That's interesting. And, you know, even you got uh, uh, you mentioned G, uh, Gino up in Seattle. You got Stafford out in the Rams and uh, Kyler Murray at, uh, and Justin Fields at this point. So uh, you still got to put Kirk in front of those guys. You know, it's interesting. And, and there's the the whole collective Quagmire going out in San Francisco. Speaking of San Francisco, there was some there was some chatter this week coming from PFT that uh, there was talk at the combine about trading trading Kirk and and there was even one report I saw. It said CBS looked into exploring different trade prospects from around the league, and they proposed that the Vikings send Cousins to the San Francisco 49ers for a 2023 third round pick and a 2024 second round pick. Uh, I, uh, you find, you think there was, you know, that you think there's any truth to these rumors that, that, that the Vikings are actually seriously considering trading him because then they would have to be all in on, on a, uh, and a quarterback in the draft and maybe even try to move way up and get somebody. Does that, would that include Trey Lance? I mean, I I don't know if it, Mm -hmm. If, if it included Trey Lance, uh, I would, I would consider that because Trey Lance is a, you know, the top, you know, number three pick overall. And then you get, I, I, you know, are there discussions? Sure. There's discussions on things that, you know, everything really. I mean, that's what they're, that's what this, the job is of, to, you know, discuss things uh, seriously. No, I don't, I don't think seriously that, that, that that's being discussed. Uh, when I go back to, you know, the- if you, if, Go ahead. Me personally, me personally, if you threw in a a young quarterback like a Trey Lance, who I think you know the ceiling is pretty high, uh, and you you know I, I would do that pick, you know, just because you know guys don't play for just like Aaron Rodgers. You know, I mean, if they can get if they can, you know, I, I I understand that they're saying that that thirteenth overall pick is not on the table now and all this, stuff, but if you get anything out of them, that's you know. First, second round, I, I think that's um, tremendous for a guy who's going to be forty years old. Yeah, you know, you get you know, you get you just start fresh with that, and you already have a quarterback you believe is the next guy in line. 
uh, that's pretty good uh, management, yeah. I think. I go back to uh, the the uh, quote from KOC on Kirk that I read a little bit earlier in the segment, and I just I, I really think uh, O'Connell wants to wants to have another season with Kirk and wants to see what they can do, and you know maybe you know and certainly draft a younger player. Maybe maybe at their twenty three position in the first round they get uh, 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 Hendron Hooker or this uh, Willis. I don't know uh, Lewis Le- Levis. I don't even know what it's like. Will Levis? Wow. What it is. And, oh, they're, they're saying. I mean, he he might go much higher. I guess now, but who, who knows? It's yeah, it's a crapshoot. Um, and you know. Then if 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 it goes well and Kirk even takes another step and they have another great season on offense because he is a second year in the system and and working with uh, with O'Connell that uh, then they, then they then they find a way to keep him around even another year and let Kirk you know you know and develop this this kid that they pick up and and uh, uh, let Kirk retire the Viking that he wants to so I, I don't know that, that's I see that's more realistic as them trading them for. Uh, you know, if like you said, you know, a young quarterback's in there that has already done played in the league, maybe, maybe. But I, I think Trey Lance is is it's got a lot of seasoning yet to do before he's going to be any oh, kind of replacement yeah. for Kirk Cousins. And I, I know you're you're but, not. But 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 to give up Kirk, you have to like, uh, you know, to me that's like a restart at your quarterback position. If right. You have, uh, but you know, like looking at the rankings again, it, you know, like uh, you mentioned Stafford. Um, there's there's a lot of like you know when I when I just put him number two there are certain guys that I say I'd put him ahead of that maybe others wouldn't say like like Derek Carr if you give me the choice between the two of them I know Derek Carr makes his got his bazillion dollars to go to New Orleans but I would take Kirk Cousins over Derek Carr I would take Kirk Cousins over Dak Prescott um, now yeah, where Stafford yeah. where I factor in my Stafford decision is I just I kind of see him as sort of a physically beat up quarterback at this point. Um, so, you know, I, I'm projecting a little bit, like if, if Stafford's healthy, like he was, uh, you know, two years ago, uh, when they won the Super Bowl, it's a different story, but I just feel like, you know, we, we're, we've seen Kirk, we've seen Stafford, uh, with a lot of injuries and different things. And that, so that's why I would go Kirk over Stafford, uh, at this point. And then there's younger guys, like, you know, if you're looking to build a team, like I said, fields, I would take, or, or maybe even Trey Lance. But you're talking about right now, you know. Yeah. Um, it, it, to me, if you if you win 13 games, and you feel like you're making the changes philosophically, and uh, you can get some players defensively, uh, to get rid of your quarterback, uh, it doesn't seem to be like a like it's almost like you you started this path and then you just went like this. You know, you made a hard a hard right. left or something. Right. Uh, right. So I think you know I think to finish to do that another year with Kirk is is the way to go and then and then they've kind of left themselves open okay if, if that then at the end of that year then you make another decision uh you know you you, you try to resign him you know that could you imagine if kirk tail ended uh his time like say if they had to franchise tag kirk, say they, they really have a great season they have to franchise tag him at the at the end of this after that's how <laughs> that's how he got here and then they have to keep him here on the franchise tag would be uh Pretty amazing. Yeah, it would. Well, on that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we go to break, Mark is Mark likes to take finally take a drink. He's too. He's too. Well, I don't have any. Not to do it now, but Mark, what what are you drinking out of there? You got to show the show the folks. Well, uh, you know this this here, Joe. I want you to sign this. You should, I should. I, yeah. 
I said on Twitter, this is, I don't know how much this was, five bucks. If Joe Oberly signs it, you can get it for two dollars and fifty cents. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, you know, I got it. I got the shirt too. But I just should wear that. I, I, I should have went to break a little bit sooner <clears throat> rather than to hear that comment again. So, um, but I'm come on back. We got one more segment of Vikings territory breakdown, and and we'll chat some more purple. Okay, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. Uh, we got a n- number of topics here to throw at Mark Craig from the Star Tribune and uh, run down them. So we'll we'll do that and and get the heck out of here. Uh, sad news for the Vikings organization this week: uh, former scout and personnel guy Frank Gilliam passed away. Uh, you know pretty big part of the Vikings history is that he was there forever. I, you know, I, I never met him myself, but I, you know, grew up hearing the name cause he was always, you know, they always credit him with bringing certain players in here. And, and uh, what we know of him is a really decent guy. Mark, uh, do you, are you familiar with uh, uh, Gilliam and have anything you want to say about yeah, him? Yeah. I mean, uh, Frank was, a, you know, was a great guy. I, he was around, uh, I started, you know, covering the team around 2003. He, he was there through uh, – left when Spielman got here. They couldn't really work out anything for him to do uh, when he was in his early 70s. It, Ohio native, Joe, so you knew he was a great guy. Ah, uh, you know, he, you know, as you see, like Bud, you know, Bud passing. And, uh, you know, a couple years ago, Fred Zamberletti, Burnsy dies. No. Uh, you know, they're kind of like the characters uh, of of the Vikings, uh, like the, the original Vikings uh, – you know, we're seeing him pass on and it's, it's a sad time. And, you know, Frank was a guy that um, he uh, went to Iowa, played with Jerry Ray. He was, he was freshman teammates with Jerry Reichow. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they, uh, you know, Frank went on and played in the CFL, played for Bud Grant. Uh, Bud Grant's first year, last year as a player was like 56. First year as a coach, I believe it was 57. And Frank Gilliam, Gilliam was, uh, played a receiver offensive end. Um under Bud, so their paths, you know, probably uh, I think Frank was out of football for a while, uh, but then uh, got an opportunity. You know, Jerry Reichow was director of uh, scouting or whatever with our personnel director with the Vikings. You know, Jerry always joked that uh, he got fired as a player in '64 and hired as a personnel guy in '65. So in '67 or uh, early '70, '71, I think, or '70, uh, you know, Bud's there. Uh, Reichow, they just they hired and they became Jerry Reichow and a Frank Gilliam. And they, you know, Frank was one of the first black scouts in the NFL and he was a scout and personnel guy for 36 years. Uh, and it obviously had a lot of, uh, you know, connections. Um, I think he went to Marshall. Uh, I thought Doug, mm-hmm. um, Doug, uh, Chapman, uh, Marshall guy who wants to get into personnel. He was the, uh, uh the, the Vikings came up with a, uh, a uh, scholarship or, or mentorship of the Gilliam Reichow uh, personnel uh, mentorship or whatever it's called. Hmm. And uh, Doug was, was that, was that guy last year. And you know, Doug was saying, you know, Frank had a, you know, not only drafted Doug from, from Marshall, but a guy named Randy Moss, you know, yeah. that, that Frank had a, you know, you know, part in, in a role in playing. So yeah, Frank was a, was a great guy, you know, was a, a kind of a, a pioneer in scouting and, uh, just sorry to see him go. And uh, as these guys, you know, he was 89. So they like, Bud, number. You know, Bud was up in his nineties. And yeah. so they, they live along, you know, fruitful lives. And uh, I hope he was in well, hope he was in well health until the end. And 
Right. So, yeah, it's sorry to see these guys go. That's for sure. 89 is a good number. Anytime you got a nine in it, you're doing pretty good, I think. Uh, um, speaking of the staff, uh, two trainers were fi- fined by the Vikings for the Vikings this week for filling out poor they're not filling out their paperwork in time after they'd already started doing training work. You know, it's a small story. I know there's the star tribune reported it and get any traction. We got them. We got them. (laughs) Not much to say about it. I'm sure they filled out the paperwork, got took their fines and they will be, they'll uh, be back. uh, I don't think you, I don't think you have to do that stuff anymore. I, I got a thing going on right now. My pet peeve, when I pull up behind people and they, they have, they haven't renewed their license, their tabs. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the other day it was March of 2022. You know, someone still got that too. It's like you're checking I, what, tabs on cars in front of you. I, I'm going to start making citizens arrests <laughs> on these people because I had to pay we, when I when I was in Ohio, it was 25 bucks to get your license renewed, and I came here and it was like 300 bucks. Or I'm like, what? Where does this money go? And then, and then you know, when I moved here, the roads were nice, but now the roads are crappy. So. It's like, where does this money go that, that you, your state robs me of? Ah, come Never on. Never mind. It's the third snowiest uh, winter in, in Twin Cities history. So just ease up on the roads are crappy now. Come on. Well, this money should be going. I have, I have a, you know, having back surgery, there's a couple of like potholes in my neighborhood that I have to miss. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm afraid I'm going to be back on the table. Uh, so, yeah, let's put some money in your roads, Joe. All right, we'll send we'll send a couple of those uh, trainers who were fined over to your house to work on your back so get you back on the, on the field again. Um, you know, you threw this question out to me and I thought it was interesting. Uh, yes, is it possible the Vikings are as good or better than last year yet still finish with fewer wins? And uh, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. You know. I, they could possibly play better than last year and and have a worse record, you know, because I, their their record was gaudy and they won all these these close games by one score. I probably won't win as many of those this year, but uh, uh, yeah, you what do you, what do you think about that? They're they're you know because they like you mentioned here they got a first, they got a first place schedule now that they won the division, so it's going to be tougher for them coming in, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, hundred percent. This could be the case because, you know, with another year with Kirk and um, you know, if they if the offensive line holds up, uh, and, and uh, you know, they replace uh, Thielen, and you have another year of uh, of Hawkinson getting involved in the offense, and say the defense does, you know, they do get enough people to to rush the passer, cover, and they have a new philosophy. They could be a better team, um, but. You know, are you going to win? Super all this year? Are you, you going to? Yeah. Are you going to? Are you going to go undefeated in the regular season in, in one score games? Uh, you have a first place schedule now, so now you're playing all four of the last year's conference championship teams. Be tough. You're playing. You're playing Cincinnati. You're playing Kansas City. You're playing Philly. You're playing the 49ers. Uh, so yeah, it could it could happen where you're maybe you feel like you're a better team, but uh, what 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 will help them is. Uh, is if Aaron Rodgers does indeed end up in, in out, outside the division. But in saying that, you know, you can't rule out the Lions. Lions are charging hard. Uh, the Bears are probably a year away from, like, really being serious, but you can't write them off anymore. Uh, you know, the Packers are going to struggle probably with Jordan Love. So Unless that, like, that one dude comes back from doesn't get go to New York. 
yeah, he, if he doesn't come back and uh, they don't throw him overboard, uh, throw him in the bay or something for, for all the things that he puts them through. Um, so what's your prediction then? I give, I have a bet every year with my cousin on, on the Vikings oh, record. Come on. We're, we're picking, we're picking records now. Early prediction. Come on. I mean, you're, you're, well, yeah. you're thinking about it. So give me your, I'm not going to hold you to it. Yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll have to revisit even, even although it doesn't really matter if it's like, uh, I usually stayed at, uh, you know, five hundred eight eight and one. So I, but, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say, you know, 10 win. They could, they could win 10 games. Sure. I could see how that. That's what I'm saying. Thank and you. that might be, you know, 10 wins might be, uh, you know, pretty damn good. Yeah, I'll take it. You know, I mean, 13 wins, wins was was pretty amazing last year. We None of us expected that. I don't care who you're talking to other than my cousin who who uh, predicted 12. And I just I took the under. I couldn't believe, you know, he, he thought they would win 12 wins last year. And I don't know where a he Viking, saw it. A Vikings fan thought they were going to win a lot of games. He is, he is as negative as, as as they come. I mean, every year he, I would be I would be the more optimistic, and he would take the under, and I would take the over. And so I've never taken the under. And but he comes out, he get he lost the previous year, so he gets to set it, and he set it at twelve. Well, I wasn't going to predict thirteen wins, so I took the under, and I got hosed. I'd buy him a case of beer for crying out loud. Well, if that if they did that ten years in a row, I think you know you you would have you would have won nine of them, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, that's probably true. Um. Uh, I saw just before we came on that there's a there's there's a rumor that uh, Bill Belichick is shopping Mac Adams around or Mac Jones. God, I call him Mac Adams. Uh, uh, any thoughts there, Belichick Bobo that you are? I, I have no idea. I, I'm I, I have a hard time believing Belichick to let anybody know that. Uh, you know, that's a good. Point. I don't know. I don't know where it came from, but I'm just saying you might want to take. As we as we advance through this world, Joe, as it becomes a little more modern, uh, you might want to take everything that's a lot of things that are said with a grain of salt. Uh, I, I wouldn't think maybe shopping. Maybe he's going to end up with Mac Jones. Will end up in Green Bay. Belichick gets Rodgers. What do you think? <laughs> I'm going to take. I don't that know. One. I I like I like Mac Jones. I, it might not be on Belichick's timetable of when he's going to get up to speed to where uh, he's going to be a playoff winning quarterback, but. I liked his rookie year. I thought, uh, you know, it's, you know, I don't know. Uh, it, I, he's shopping him. I don't know what they're looking for. Uh, I did see that uh, Cam Newton was back in the league. Yeah. Detroit. Detroit. They signed um, him. I don't know. He came, but he signed somewhere, I think. But He, he uh, said something about a couple weeks ago. There's he, there's, he's the 31. He's better than like 31 quarterbacks in the league or some damn thing. So, yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah, that Look at the, the shape of his arm and shoulder when he last played. I don't think I would uh, spend too much money on him. Let's put it that way. Well, you know, old Belichick has seen some good quarterback play for a long time, so maybe he's, uh, uh, you know, holding the Mac Jones to a, too high of a standard. But we'll, we'll see what happens there. We we want him and the Packers to to have to come down to reality and see what it's like to play with someone who isn't a future Hall of Famer, you know as for, for 10, 16, 30 years, whatever. So we'll see that. Uh, other than that, Mark, uh, we, you did make a prediction on the Vikings. How about a prediction on the masters? It's masters week this week. Who do you got for your, who do you think's going to take the green jacket down in 
Augusta, Georgia. It's, it's coming up. It's going to be fun. And, and uh, you know, it's not football, but who the heck cares? It's a big deal. I'm going to go with a totally Joe Oberly answer and just pick the front runner right now. Uh, Scotty Scheffler wins it again. Wow. Repeat, repeat uh, uh, winner. I don't, that hasn't happened. I want to say since Tiger. Tiger, yeah. And Tiger's in the wow. field. So Tiger might, might, might have to rise up and take that. I'm going to go with Rory McElroy. I think he's playing well. He's apparently, he, he hits it the longest in the in the in the PGA right now which is which is pretty something to say pretty amazing that that guy you know I used to be this scrawny kid that's just built himself this is the year he's going to win that that career grand slam this is this well, is the one for him. Uh, well hopefully if he's got the lead going into the back nine he doesn't end over by oh. butler between between butler cab and remember that that's the first Ooh. time i re- i can ever remember them ever like the camera ever showing those <laughs> those buildings on the left of 10 and that's where he ended up. He hit a tree or something that went over and he remember we had that meltdown. He yep. should have won that year. And oh, yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. that would be, that would be cool. 40 on the back nine or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, the, the whole, I, I love, I love the fact, I mean, I don't, uh, I don't understand there's protests going on about them bringing the live guys in, but from a purely, uh, you know, just sporting uh, standpoint, I love the fact that you got the live guys and you got the PGA guys and, I yeah, think it's gonna be good to just see them play again. You know? Yeah, I think they should be there, and I just think they're gonna be bad. You got uh, Cameron uh, Smith, who won the U the the Open last year, and then joined Live right after that. He was saying last night that he's you know uh, by his own admission he took some time off, hasn't played well, and then the competition that they play where they play three day three days, and they play on teams, you know, and it's just not the same as getting jacked no. up for a tournament like this. I. I if, if I guess I'm kind of cheering for that, that they, I'm glad they're here and I hope they all just really uh, don't do well, you know, miss the cut or make the top 45 or whatever. But, you know, I'm not picking any. I'm going with Rory. He's going to, he's going to. That's a good one. I, uh, that, that, uh, yeah, he could have, he could take advantage of 13, I think, uh, probably right. as long as he hits it, the new 13. And moved it back. So it'll be fun to watch. Anyway. That's all the, for the Matt golf talk for this week. And that's all the Vikings talk. We will uh, be back next week to do it again. Thanks everybody for tuning in and checking us out. Thanks, Mark Craig. Thanks, Mike Walden behind the scenes producing for us. And thanks Joe Johnson for putting us here until next week when we'll do it again. Skull. Skull.